Hey, this is Ali Ballas, and I am a victim of the 2020 lockdown. All joking aside, I just want to hang, and I've heard a lot of people saying the same, and sometimes with people who I don't even know. And as we've come to realize, that is not okay during a pandemic. Even though we can't meet in person, doesn't mean we can't get outside of our bubble. This is about learning new things, stepping outside, and all while staying home. Just because we can't hang, there still can't hang. This week on Can't Hang, I hang with Jared Lipscomb, a makeup artist in the Los Angeles area who has honed his skills and worked with incredible people, including stars from the Bravo Network and more. Jared is also in remission from his battle with cancer and speaks about his role as an ambassador for Be The Match. Though he claims he isn't a positive person, I would beg to differ. Jared was such a joy to hang with and such a kind soul. And now it is my pleasure to introduce you to Jared Lipscomb. So I am very excited to have Jared hang with us this week. So welcome, Jared. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here hanging. Yeah, of course. I know this is such a great, I mean, we're recording on a Friday. It's going to come out on a Thursday, but you know, it's always feels like the weekend when you're in your lockdown. So um, <laughs> regardless of what day you're listening, um, Jared is, you know, this exquisite makeup artist and I've followed his work for quite some time. So how have you continued, Jared, to practice your art throughout the pandemic? I know this is something that a lot of artists have been struggling with. So how have you kind of found that channel for yourself? I mean, I just really haven't had too much, too many opportunities to work mm-hmm. during the pandemic between my health, um, which I'm sure we'll get into and between yeah. just the pandemic and the lockdown and everything. Mm-hmm. So aside from a couple of my clients um, who are pregnant, so they're like very uh, precautious with, you know, everything that's going on, yeah. um, like extra precautious, just like me. Cause I'm like semi immunocompromised. So mm-hmm. besides a couple of times hanging out with them and doing their makeup for, for like, you know, their own things like their private shoots or whatever I have just been doing makeup on myself and just been playing around so some of it's kind of like you know if you think about it on a whole it's like oh it kind of sucks like I'm not working and stuff but then you it's kind of nice because I get to play with all of these things that I've never never touched and maybe would never touch like a palette with you know bright green in it and stuff like Mm -hmm. obviously like the clients I work with who are going to walk a red carpet aren't going to want like green eyeshadow with burgundy lips (laughs) yeah now at home I can do that so that's how I've been kind of like fulfilling that creative spot so yeah That's such a positive way to look at it too. I know a lot of people have been um, struggling with that. Like, how do I learn new things and how do I kind of practice what I do? Um, But it is such a nice way to do things that, you know, you wouldn't normally do um, and really get to practice those and get, I don't know, a little bit of extra time to practice things that you never would have gotten the time to try otherwise, Um, whatever. I mean, profession that you're in. I think a lot of people can agree with that. So yeah, we will get right into this. So how did you kind of find your passion and really your art and makeup? What kind of led you down that road? I mean, it was one of those, people hate when I say this, but it was really one of those (laughs) one thing led to another type situation. Oh yeah. (laughs) And I will say that like, because people who like are, you know, trying to break into the career, they're like, what did you do that set you apart? And I'm like, well, I didn't really do 
you know, I, I mean, I just started with, uh, in, in like high school, I did theater and mm-hmm. I love to be on stage. And I also love to do like the makeup for everyone, um, mm-hmm. behind the scenes, like for the stage shows and stuff in, in high school. And so that kind of grew into, I started to get into drag. And so I started to do my drag makeup and that is really what kind of like, you know, catapulted me into understanding makeup because obviously the foundation, oh, oh, no, no pun intended, (laughs) but the foundation of um, makeup really has its roots in drag makeup in general, which is also has its roots just in like, you know, the invention of, of camera where it's like lighting Mm -hmm. and all of this stuff and like really accentuating certain, certain features and like really, you know, uh, playing down other features that are deemed, you know, quote, unattractive. So, So that basis really kind of, I don't know, it kind of just gave me like a good out understanding of makeup, even though I was Mm -hmm. not technically applying those, um, those rules to myself because it was drag makeup. So you can go as big or as crazy as you want, you know, glitter on your lips and glitter on your eyes and glitter on your cheeks and stuff. But mm-hmm. that was my foundation. And then I eventually I moved to LA. I grew up in Florida and eventually I moved to Los Angeles and I was still doing drag and just kind of doing the, the thing like where you work at a restaurant and you just kind of are like, you know, in your early twenties and just trying to figure out like, what am I going to do? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> my friends, it's, it was like the cliche Los Angeles thing. Like my friends are all, um, singers or music or, um, you know, uh, actors or models or whatever. So they were like, Oh, like you can do your makeup so good. Like, can you try it? Can you try and do my makeup? And so I would just start doing theirs for fun also, as well mm-hmm. as mine. And then one thing led to another and they're like, you know, this is a job in Los Angeles. Like you can do this and not have to, work in a salon because in Florida, it was just like, Oh, you did makeup. You also did hair and you worked in a salon and you know, you were there for like weddings and, you know, graduation or prom. And so it wasn't Mm -hmm. like, I didn't necessarily view it as like a, something that I was interested in doing for a while, like for, you know, an extended period of time. For sure. And so my friend introduced me to the world of makeup as like, you know, for campaigns and for celebrities and just like a different world to it. Yeah. I just met the right people. And then the next thing I knew I was starting to work, work on it. That's such great practice too. Um, whether it's like on yourself or friends or whatever, like just getting to practice those techniques and also like just finding something that you love and then finding out that it's a job. Like I cannot think of a better situation. Like that's so cool to me when people just have these like passions that they really follow. And then they're like, Oh wait, I can actually like, this is my life. Like I can do this for my life. And these things that I've practiced and wanted to do for so long, or that I'm so good at naturally or with practice or whatever it may be. I get to do this like all the time. So I'm just so glad when I hear people um, like yourself find these stories and you're like, whoa, like this isn't just like a hobby. Like this is like, you're really good at it. Um, (laughs) So I'm so happy that like, I always am just like so glad to hear stories like that because I think it is few and far between, I I would say. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's so cool. And I feel like same as here in Canada, we... I mean, makeup artists are uh, in the entertainment industry, of course, but, you know, there's only a couple of them. So in L.A., it must just be exacerbated um, the amount of people that need artists and stuff like that. Definitely. There's definitely a, a niche for everyone out here, especially in the makeup world. Yeah, of course. So as you mentioned your health earlier, so I've been following a bit about your journey since your diagnosis. So can you tell us a bit about that? Um, You've really just seemed so positive throughout your journey, of course. Maybe that's not the case. Maybe I'm assuming there, but um, when was your original diagnosis? Can you tell us a bit about that? 
Yeah, so I was diagnosed with um, acute myeloid leukemia, which is an aggressive and rare form of leukemia that usually affects people who are like, mm, you know, 65, 70 years and older. Okay. And I was diagnosed in 2019 when I was 31. And it was obviously a very huge shock. And mm -hmm. I had been feeling sick for a couple of months, but the symptoms just got progressively worse where I finally just had to go to an emergency room. Oh. And they, I went into the emergency room on you know, a Friday. And then by Monday they had diagnosed me and I was already, I had never, I never left that emergency room um, wow. or never left that hospital until I had finished treatment. My first round of treatment, you know, 40 something days later. So it was definitely, um, you know, very scary and very traumatizing and unexpected, but I've had so much time in between then and now. Well, not so much time, but enough time because the lockdown I think has, in some ways been, you know, forced me to really come to terms with what happened. So I really was able to kind of face it head on as opposed to, you know, just going off or something. Yeah. 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 Just rushing back into work and being like, okay, mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, did that really happen to me? So I've really had time to marinate in it. So yeah. I feel like that's what gives me, cause I, I, I wouldn't identify myself as a positive person, which people can't believe when I say because of the stuff <laughs> I post, but because I'm just very much a realist. And mm. um, the fact of the matter is when I was diagnosed, I mean, I was asking my doctors every day, they'd say any questions today. And I would literally say over and over, am I going to die? Am I going to die? Like mm. I was, it was very scary for, for a long time, you know? And mm. so, um, yeah, so it was a rough, it was a rough time, but um, yeah. you know, it really makes you think, I don't know about you, but like the, that story that you tell just makes you think like you could just, you know, think that like every day is just given to you and, and just like something that you do every day. But, you know, when you go into the operating room or, um, sorry, the emergency room thinking that you're just, you know, sick or something, you're not feeling great. And then you kind of have that realization that, you know what, I really need to like think about things a little bit differently. Now I'm sure that would have changed your mindset, um, about how you live every day. If I'm assuming there. <laughs> No, you're not assuming at all. Yeah, it's definitely, it is a big, it puts things into big perspective, you know, mm -hmm. like you really realize what, what you value, what is important. And it's unique to having done it in the pandemic because Whereas a lot of people, I think their first thought process after beating cancer is because technically I'm in remission, thankfully. Oh, and, congratulations. Um, thank you. And I received a bone marrow transplant, which was basically what cured me of my leukemia. It's like the, the main thing that cures it. So mm -hmm. I'm doing really well overall, but I feel like a lot of like the cliche kind of thing you do once you beat cancer is you travel the world or you go skydiving or you, you know, mm -hmm. do, you do something really like to celebrate. You even just have a big party. Mm -hmm. And obviously like that's not available to me. So again, mm -hmm. it kind of goes back to that thing where it's like, all you have is like your introspection and your close family and your close friends and the people who are around you. So it really makes you realize like what you do value. And so anyone who's had any sort of sickness during this time, you know, it's like, you really realize what's important. Like how much I took for granted, a trip to target or just going to see the going to the movies, you know, like mm -hmm. those little things. And so it does put things into a big perspective. I mean, you know, I wish there was, had been an easier way for things to be put into perspective yes. for me, but um, yes, <laughs> it, it all ends up working out in a weird way. I will never say like, oh, I'm so grateful I had cancer, but it did like, there's nothing I can do about the fact that I got it. And I 
did have a shift in the way I handle my life and the things that bother me and the things that don't bother me. And so for that, you know, I'll be forever grateful. Mm -hmm. That's something I actually was speaking about with someone recently, like you're not grateful that it happened, but you're grateful for the things that came out of it. So it's just a different, you know, mindset about, cause there's obviously so many things about right now, mindset journals and stuff like that. And it's, you know, you're not, you're obviously not grateful that, um, something like this happened to you, but there are things that can be removed from it that, that, you know, what really could change the course of your life or the course of your mindset. So I think that's important. So since, um, having your transplant, which is so amazing because, you know, finding a match in these people donating is just so important. Um, I've had someone at close to me who works at a big cancer center in Toronto um, and she works with stem cell transplants and, you know, she sees how many people go months or years or whatever, um, not being able to find a match. So I think that's so important that people um, register for these programs. So you have become an ambassador for Be The Match since being diagnosed. So can you tell us about, about this foundation and kind of what the mission is there? So I will just start off by saying um, with Be The Match, I'm not sure if it's specifically an American registry or if it's like a North American registry. But the point is, is there's an international database of people who are willing to be potential stem cell donors, Mm -hmm. which treat, you know, everything like the cancer that I had to other forms of blood cancers like lymphoma, other forms of leukemia and everything down to like sickle cell um, anemia and those kinds of blood disorders and diseases as well. And Mm -hmm. so basically be the match um is just one of the hubs that kind of facilitates getting people to sign up and basically i mean the the process of signing up is easy you just reach out to them and they will sell uh, send you a kit in the mail and you just swab your cheek it's not painful or anything and then they just collect your dna and it goes into a database because they need to match all these genetic markers with people to see if they're Mm -hmm. even a potential match so basically you go into the database and um you know, if someone comes along and they match your genetic markers and they'll pull your file, then they'll, you know, give you a call, maybe have you come do some blood tests. And um, if it's a match, then you can go in for an extended blood draw. It's not, you know, I know people hear bone marrow uh, donor and they get freaked out thinking it's coming from your bones and it technically is, but it's not, um, no one's getting into your bones. They just do a blood draw because it is the future and it is stem cells. So (laughs) yeah, blood draw. But I encourage the reason why I'm so proud to be an ambassador for Be The Match is because uh, of two things. First of all, they there's a severe lack of diversity on the registry overall globally. Mm-hmm. And people of like uh, ethnic minority backgrounds, because it is based up off of genetic markers to find a match. And for whatever reason, um, ethnic minorities are... I think it's something like 57% less likely to find a match than like Caucasian white people, which is obviously a huge discrepancy. Mm -hmm. So, so one of my things as an ambassador is to try to, you know, let everyone know, like, you need to sign up, like, no matter, especially if you're, um, you know, if you're a mixed race, or if you are an ethnic minority or have a unique background, like you really need to sign up because you could be the one person who saves someone's life. Mm hmm. And there's, I guess there's a chance always, um, we had a big drive at our university and there's a big chance that, you know what, you'll be on this list for your whole life and you might never get called. But like, what if you are like, 
like not even, maybe this is the selfish way to look at it, but I think it would be a good way for some people. Like, what if you got called and you like got to save someone's life? Like, would that not feel good for like yourself even? Like I, um, obviously it's amazing for that other person, but like, you know, that is just such an incredible thing that like, you really don't have, and you know, you're right. I always was like, oh man, like I just um, get queasy at the thought of like any medical procedures. Like I'm just have a weak stomach. And um, I was like, oh, I can't go on this list because like, what if I get called and they're going to have to do the surgery or something? Like, no, it is a blood, like it's like taking blood, obviously yeah. a little bit more extensive than that, but like, it's like donating blood essentially. So um, it really is so important to get on those lists. And I'm sure I'm going to look into this, but if Be The Match isn't in Canada, I know there for sure are at least one or two organizations that do, you know, similar work. So, yeah. And there's multiple ones in the U S also. So I'm, so, but the point is, is to get on the registry because it is a global registry. And like my donor was actually from Germany. So he wasn't actually directly involved with Be The Match at all, but, Mm. um, but it's still, you know, it's the same same family and the same da- database that everyone shares at these um, cancer centers when they're searching for a match. So I'm very grateful for Be The Match and I love the work that they do. And I love that they don't discriminate against LGBTQIA plus people where a lot historically, you know, especially gay males have not been allowed to donate blood mm-hmm. um, because of antiquated homophobic kind of things with the American Red Cross put in place back in the you know 80s during the AIDS crisis which are just unfair and unwarranted. So mm-hmm. I really like Be The Match because they do not discriminate against uh, people of, you know, different sexual sexual preferences and whatnot. So it's really cool. So, so that's why I like love being a part of what they do. Yeah, no, that's so powerful. I think that's so important. So um, thanks for doing that. And I'm sure signing up every person could help, you know, so many people, but I'm so interested that you said that your match was from Germany because I was actually just going to say so my friend that works at this cancer center always told me like oh my god all these people in Germany like it is such a high place for um for being on the registry so that's funny that I had just had that in my head to say and then that's where your match was from so that's wild I but it just really proves my point I guess she said like almost everyone in Germany is on this list because it's just such a thing that they do there so yeah, I want to hear that it's like, I think it's might be like a form of like community outreach or something that yeah. they like really encourage, which it's so dumb that we don't do it in other, you know, countries because they, so many people I've known now that I'm part of this blood cancer transplant community have had their matches from Germany. Mm. But again, Germany's a white leaning country just in general, just because of their European heritage. So mm-hmm. it's really beneficial to people like me and my white counterparts, but it's not beneficial to people, you know, of Asian descent or black descent or or whatever the case is um so that's Mm -hmm. why diversifying is the way to go so of course yeah hopefully we can get this to be more of like a you know a thing for lack of a better word i guess moving more on to your career you are obviously a makeup artist and if you don't follow jared i would Definitely recommend it. Um, His work is so great. But my personal favorites of your clients, so selfishly, are the cast of Vanderpump Rules. Um, I'm like obsessed with that show. (laughs) I can't get enough of them. Like, 
oh, it's, uh, we love it in my household. And so many of my friends, we just love, love all of it. So how did you land this gig um, doing all these crazy, cool people's makeup? Yeah. I mean, it really, again, it was just one of those things, just like a chance meeting. Um, I was doing a lot of volunteer work when I was starting to do makeup more regularly. Mm-hmm. And this girl, she, I, I, she was just a volunteer with me at this place in, in Venice Beach in Los Angeles. And she was just like, we just clicked. And she's like, oh, you, what do you do? And I was like, well, you know, I'm like a waiter, but I'm not trying to like get more into makeup. And she's like, oh, I work for basically like the conglomerate that owns Bravo and all of this okay. stuff. And she's like, I could probably get you some jobs like with Bravo if, or if nothing else, you know. And I was like, okay. Cause I'm, a, I'm a big, pretty big Bravo fan also. Like, oh yeah, I, you know, I was going to say that's the dream. Yeah. So I've always <laughs> watched housewives and stuff. So I was like, mm-hmm. Oh my God, sure. Like I'll do anything. And so it really was, um, kind of random. They were just filming something. Um, the cast of Vanderpump Rules was just filming something in the studio, like where they had to film, you know, promo type stuff, like not, yeah. not the actual reality show. So they were just filming, um, some little, little behind the scenes things. I don't even know what it was now. It's been so long, but, um, <laughs> I, and I was just there doing touch-ups. And so we just, uh, me and the hair person, um, we're just doing hair, you know, hair and makeup touch-ups. And I just hit it off, uh, immediately with Brittany and Kristen. I mean, I hit it off with everyone, but for some reason I spent more time with them, um, mm-hmm. just because of the way the shoot was or whatever. Yeah. And so I was like, you girls know, like, if you need makeup, like I'm always around, like, and I'm, you know, looking to kind of jumpstart my career. And Mm -hmm. I think it was just the perfect time because they were just starting to really get big to the point where they were going to like movie premieres and they were going to Mm -hmm. like award shows, like, you know, the people's choice awards and like that kind of stuff. So I think it was just like a perfect timing situation because before that they had said like, Oh, they pretty much do their own makeup and they would have people for like the reunion and that kind of stuff. But Mm -hmm. like they would never hire their own people. Mm-hmm. So again, it was just one of those coincidental things, right place at the right time. A month later, Kristen called me for the premiere of one of the Pitch Perfect movies and the rest is history. Then I did, you know, Brittany and her for the season premiere party. And then I started to do Ariana and then Saucy and then eventually Katie. And then there's such a tight knit group. I mean, on mm-hmm. and off, of course, you know, the show, there's yeah, the, dynamics, yeah. <laughs> the dynamics are always changing, but essentially there's such a tight knit group that once you, you know, once you're kind of like, okay, I'm not here to like, you know, tell any secrets or gossip about you or like start, start anything. It's easy to, it's just like any friend group, you know, it's like, Mm. okay. Like if a new person comes in, you're just like, Ooh, do we trust this person? And then obviously once a few of few people are like, Oh my gosh, they're so cool. Like then it's, you know, then the rest is history. So sure. Mm -hmm. No, that's so cool. Um, and obviously for anyone that follows, uh, the show or, or those people, um, you know, that they're always doing, you know, these awesome shoots. So what are some cool shoots that you've done with uh, the cast members or like that set of group that we were just talking? Yeah. So from the Vanderbump Rules cast, I mean, I've had a cup. I mean, like I've done their makeup so for so many things, so I'll probably forget something, <laughs> but some standout ones for sure are like, I love to do, um, uh, Ariana Maddox and Tom Sandoval, they're a couple and they have a cocktail book called Fancy AF Cocktails. Oh, yes. And so doing that book was really an amazing experience because it was like, if you get the book, you'll see like there's, I mean, it feels like a hundred different looks for Ariana and it's just mm-hmm. so many different makeup looks and so many different, you know, uh, styles and aesthetics. So that was really fun to do because it took a couple of, I think 
we filmed it or we shot it over a week period. Okay. Um, so that was really cool because just to like be able to change up and to experiment with different looks and like to fit into the theme of the drinks. And so, and it's actually gorgeous. Like I will look at that book sometimes and just be like, Oh, these pictures are so pretty. Yeah, Um, no, they are so nice. I love (laughs) that book and I love all her looks are so good. Um, I was actually, yeah, I was just going to say like, did you, so for shoots like that, where you're doing a whole bunch of different looks, like, is it kind of spread out over a period of time? Because I'm just picturing when I do my own makeup on a low scale, if I rub it off, like my face is like chafed before I even know it. So um, is it kind of more spread out? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely spread out because especially with that book, because they would be in between shooting, you know, because they shot for a full week. And I think I was there for two or three days for the actual beauty looks. Yeah. So in between shots, they would shoot, you know, pictures of the drinks and then they would shoot Tom Sandoval. And like, obviously, I did his makeup, but like for guys, it's just much different. You just like kind of, you know, kind of correct and conceal. You don't really do Mm -hmm. like a look on them. So if they were doing like a shoot with him, I would, you know, I would be changing up Ariana's makeup and my friend Bradley, who does all the hair, hair for the girls would change up her hair. And we would have a lot of time in between, but we did try to build up like each day we tried to do like the softest look first, because it is hard to go backwards, obviously, mm-hmm, like for sure. like a full fierce eye and then go backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it was spread out. And then I also love to do, um, Brittany had before her wedding, she had a shoot for cosmopolitan magazine, which was like, she tried on all these like different, really unique style wedding dresses from different designers. Oh, cool. And that was just so iconic. Cause we went to New York for it. We did watch what happens live and it was really fun. And then the next day we did this cosmopolitan shoot and it was just so different than what we'd done. Like being in a New York city studio, like, you know, up on the whatever 54th floor, which we just, <laughs> (laughs) don't have in LA and just like doing that and like with you know such a cool photographer and like the images are so so sick and you know like Baby Spice was shooting next door like Emma Button was shooting next door and it was just like so surreal and just like so cool like you know to be in the cosmopolitan headquarters and everything Mm -hmm. so that was really iconic and yeah you uh, must like pinch yourself and be like man am I even really here right now like sometimes I feel like that would just be like oh whoa like is this my life (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's definitely weird, especially once you, because like by that point I had become such good friends with Brittany. So like doing mm-hmm. her makeup had become kind of normal, like something yeah. that I look forward to, but it was just like a normal thing. Like, oh, I'm hanging out with my friend doing her makeup, but this took it out. You know, we weren't, we weren't in her house. We weren't, you know, on the set of somewhere, at, you know, in, in a studio in Burbank, California, where they film a lot of stuff. We were like in New York on the 54th floor, like doing this stuff in the offices. So it was really mm-hmm. a surreal moment. So that's awesome. And then recently I did Stassi's pregnancy maternity shoot. And it was really cool to just reunite after being in lockdown for so long and like mm-hmm. having been sick and not being able to work for so long. And that of course is just like her personal for her personal collection. I think she shared yeah. some pictures on social media, but that was really nice to just to be a part of that just because, you know, just to see her after, cause I hadn't been able to see her since she'd been pregnant. So it was just a really mm-hmm. special shoot. It was a stunning shoot. Like I was obsessed with that. And obviously it's so special too. And someone that you're friends with is, you know, have going through that journey of, you know, bringing new life. So that's just so exciting um, to be a part of in general, but that was like a stunning shoe. Like I was like, whoa, that's, that's cool. Especially during lockdown, we're getting all these like uh, from home (laughs) shoots of people. And it was like, so nice to see someone like glammed up. I'm like, Ooh, that's what people (laughs) look like. I didn't know that people still did that. Like, cool. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I guess speaking of that, now that I'm staying home so much, I've really like lost touch of what's like 
hot or not. Maybe I'm just getting old. I don't know. But in terms of makeup or techniques, I guess, what is really in these days? I mean, it's really hard to say what's in during like the year of 2020 <laughs> and coming True. into 2021. Like I, cause I don't know, like if there's been a, like a quote trend, like there has been in the past, you know, because mm-hmm. like we're not seeing red carpets where people are like fashion runways where things really do trickle down to the community from like those iconic places like Paris fashion week or, you know, the Oscars or whatever. Of course. But I would say people are really focusing on like I mean, it's kind of cheesy, but like they're focusing on their Zoom glam, you know? So Mm -hmm. it's like, what's going to look good like on these Zoom calls that I have to hop onto because a majority of the people I'm assuming are working from home in that way. Mm-hmm. Or if they're not, if they're going to work, they still, like, they're not worrying, like, they're definitely not worrying about their lips, for instance, because if they're for going sure. to work, you know, they got their masks on, hopefully right above that nose. But um, <laughs> they, so I would say, like, people are really, what I've noticed, um, especially just, like, in the meetings that I have and the stuff that I do on Zoom is just, like, the evening out of the skin tone and the less is more and people have been really into like multi-purpose products so Mm -hmm. and I always preach like how how uh convenient they are like a cream blush slash lipstick duo like it's basically just a cream blush is like a lifesaver in these times because you can just pop a little onto the tops of your cheek and pop a little on your lips and you instantly look like you know, like that vitality of having blush and, you know, like full lips on. And, Mm -hmm. um, I've been exploring like concealers, uh, because like, just, I'm insecure about like my under eyes, which I think a lot of people are. And so I've been exploring concealers that are, you know, serum based. So they're actually like treating your skin while brightening you for the hour you're on zoom or for however long you're on zoom. So that way Mm -hmm. you're not focusing on just like wearing makeup, but you're actually doing something for your skin. So I think these kind of hybrid products have really taken the, um, the lead for the past year that we've had and going into this new year where we're still not really doing a lot. So I would say like, look for the mixture, the mixed items, you know, like the SPF plus the tinted, you know, it's got a tint to it or the cream blush duo. Like those things are going to be the real standout, something that you can use as a highlighter and an eyeshadow, you know, like Mm -hmm. those things are what's really, I I've noticed a more popular trend lately. Yeah. And also I always love that too. Cause you know, save some money. I don't need to buy two products. I'm just using one. Um, I always like that end of it too, uh, the economical Me end. Too. I love to, I love to be on a tight budget. I love to do like, I have on my Instagram, like makeup, how to do makeup with like the same brush. Cause I'm like, even though like I yes. have this brush company that I'm sponsored by and everything, I'm still like, well, you don't really need more than like three brushes to do a, to do like a quick everyday face. Yeah. I know, love so. hearing that because I, I cannot stand, like, I'm so, I love like, like, you know, the finer things, but like when I go to buy them, I'm like, oh my God, like $30, like I'll spend $30, like no problem on like takeout. But then I'm like, oh, $30 on like a concealer. Mm, no, can't do it. And obviously yeah. like that, it's just so bad, but um, I just get so cringy. So I'm so glad to hear when things can be used for a couple different things that just makes my heart happy. Totally. On the contrary, I guess, what is something that you've seen? I know TikTok, I don't know, some of the things on TikTok just drive me nuts. What is something you've seen that you wish people would like stop doing, like abort that? It's just like, oh, cringe. Yeah, I mean, I don't have like one. I I used to always be like, oh, the the cliche contour. Mm. Um, 
And I do still kind of stand by that. I mean, I work in TV a lot, so I understand the necessity of a contour, like mm-hmm. when it's actually done to, with, cause you're like counteracting lighting of a show and like all these things. But I really think it's still, it's still getting a lot of traction, especially now that people are doing TikTok tutorials. Like, I feel like it died down a little bit mm-hmm. um, after like the YouTube, you know, huge YouTube surge with like James Charles and everything. Yeah. And I feel like, then it kind of went to like, we were starting to really embrace like glowy skin and like all of that stuff. And then TikTok came and then it was just like, we're back to these like insane tutorials where people are using like a half a gallon of concealer under their oh eyes. God, and like, I just like no one specifically talking about like, okay, with contouring and highlighting. And it's like, no one needs that much concealer under your eyes. No mm-hmm. one. Like if you yeah. have, um, if you have like discolored under eyes, you need to figure out how to color correct and then, you know, and layer your concealer color correction. So that way mm-hmm. it looks good. You don't need to put on half your bottle of product because it's, I can assure oh. you, I've, I've had to do it for shoots where the lighting was controlled, the angle was controlled and things yeah. are controlled. And it does look good for that one specific image, but you take them out of that light and you walk them away from the set and they look like a crazy person. And well, I- I just look at people like that and I'm like your skin like I just like it feel it looks like it's like suffocating like it just makes my skin crawl when there's yeah. so many layers I'm like oh and the oh. thing is it's like if you like if you love it then go for it because there are no rules you know there are obviously yeah. no rules to makeup and I am not the one to say like listen if you want to use half a bottle of concealer under your eyes each day go for it but in general like if you're learning makeup and you're like wondering like should I do this the answer is no yeah I I couldn't agree more. I feel like a big trend now that I'm like thinking back in the summer was like when everyone was watching Emily in Paris, like the brows, like her brows, just like everyone wanted like the lamination and all that. And here, like we couldn't really get that done because we were in lockdown, but everyone's like big in brows right now. And like, I just, I, I honestly love it. I don't know if like actual makeup artists love it, but, um, I think, I guess, depending on who it's on, it looks really great. Yeah. I mean, we've been loving big brows for a little bit now. A while, but I yeah. Feel like, yeah. So I, so I didn't notice like the increase because of Emily in Paris. Okay. I'm sure it happened because she, that girl, I forget her name, Lily something. She is known for having brows and people, I remember like, even when I was starting out, you know, years ago, mm-hmm. um, when she was, when she was coming up and, people would like send me, she would be like an inspiration on a lot of mood boards and it would always be around like the way her brows were combed or like brushed up and all of that stuff. So brows are truly iconic. And I love that full brows are like a thing because I just think they look great. So me too. And also someone who has like a darker, like darker hair, (laughs) darker, um, eyebrows. I'm all, I was waiting for this moment. Like I hated getting my eyebrows (laughs) and I'm like, Oh, I'm, I've just been waiting for this. So I'm, I'm personally happy, um, that I get to, you know, save some money on waxing. Um, but obviously looking at your career, like we've talked about, you've worked with some amazing celebrities on some big, like events and and red carpets and such what have been some of your favorite like personal career highlights hmm some of my favorite career highlights well one would happen you know right before I got sick and that was being able to go that was going to comic-con in San Diego California which is such a huge uh, thing to, to be a part of just in general. And that was really cool because I had never been into the world of like superheroes or like 
anything of understanding what Comic-Con was. I thought it was like a nerd convention of just like, <laughs> oh, we like comic books. But it was yeah. actually so cool because it was like, you know, I was there with my friend Lauren Ash, who's on the sitcom. She's Canadian, actually, because um, all Canadians know each other. <laughs> yeah, I we just, all just know each other in our igloos. <laughs> we learned that in, in American science. Mm, yeah. um, but she's actually so sweet. And she's on the show Superstore. So she had to go to Comic-Con to promote Superstore. And she's also a voice on a um, Netflix cartoon called She-Ra. So okay. we got to go to Comic-Con and it was just so cool to be like backstage at Comic-Con, like with an all access pass, because I would be like in the room doing, you know, like touching up her makeup for her next panel and in would walk, you know, like Kristen Bell from The Good Place or... Mm-hmm. Um, the girl from the the girls from how i met your mother and they were on different projects but they were catching up and so it was so cool to just be like in the same space as everyone that you like watch on tv it was just like kind of surreal and just like oh my gosh like this is so crazy like that's so cool yeah it was just weird to see everyone and then also like a lot of makeup artists i had followed that you know we follow each other but we had never had the chance to meet because like we work with such different people Mm -hmm. being able to meet them in person was really cool so that was a really good experience like recently obviously anytime i go to new york with britney and Jax is like a career highlight just because i hadn't never been to new york before i started working in makeup and so Yeah, I just had never, for whatever reason, just had never gone. And so anytime we got to do like Watch What Happens Live or like I said, that shoot in with Cosmo, um, anything like that is just so iconic because like as a Bravo fan, like meeting Andy and all of that stuff is just so surreal. And, mm-hmm. you know, the other celebs that are there, it's just like one of the cool things. And you're just like in because you're like, you know, part of the part of the crew. So you're you're there hanging with everybody and it's like a small little studio. So you're just like in it deep so those are definite you know definite standouts yeah that's awesome (laughs) okay those are cool standouts so kudos um those are those are no uh no I don't even know what the word I'm thinking of like those are no small feats I guess I'm trying to say so obviously this is like the worst question I always hate asking it but I always am dying to know in COVID and in the pandemic we don't know what the future is going to be but like do you have anything exciting we should be looking forward to or um, are you still just going to continue doing like the amazing things that you already have going on? You know, I've got a couple of things coming up and I cannot stand to be the person to be like, I've got some things coming up. Stay no, tuned. I love I that. Working. <laughs> it is, I, I mean, I personally don't like it, but I do have some, a few projects that I've been working on that I'm like finalizing, like some collaborations and then um, a really special project that's near and dear to my heart that obviously I keep dancing around. So I'm not <laughs> going to be able to say it. Oh yeah. Just, all good. But, um, but yeah, I've got a few things to like really, you know, fill my creative outlet. So, Mm um, uh, it's definitely, you know, the pandemic, it's like, it is what it is. So you just have to kind of try to find your joy in it. So I'm doing a few passion projects I probably wouldn't have done had I not been given, you know, the opportunity to just be at home for so long. So trying to find the pot, the silver lining in this horrible situation. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. No, I'm actually, no, I totally am excited. And I love when people say I have things going on. Cause I'm like, yes, like people have things going on. Like the world is going back. Like, <laughs> like people are excited about stuff. Like I'm just so pumped about that. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for you. <laughs> Maybe other Thank people you. are jaded, but I am excited. <laughs> Thank you. It's always nice to see, you know, looking for other avenues or, or um, trying different things. So I'm always a huge advocate for that. But I'm really excited for, you know, whenever that does happen, I will be excited to hear it. 
but I always end my show with some rapid fire questions. They're not hard. They're just whatever you think, whatever comes to mind is a perfect answer. So whenever you're ready, we will go. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. My first question that I always ask is if you could hang with any five people, who would it be? Um, I would hang with Britney Spears, obviously. Oh, yeah. Um, Marie Antoinette and Cleopatra, because I need to know like these oh, bad bitches from the the past. Mm-hmm. Um, I would hang with um, oh Princess Diana, love her. Oh, these are good and ones. Meghan Markle, actually, because I love her too. And then I'll do another pop star. Did I do five yet? Is that five? That is five, but add another one. You go oh, for it. Same Lady to. Gaga, also, because I just like <sighs> love pop music. You can see, like, I love female empowerment and. <laughs> You know. It's a good crew, man. Yeah. I have not had anyone say those people. I'm so pumped that you said that. But I am a huge, like, I am a Lady Gaga, like, fiend. Like, I, I, anything she does, I'm obsessed with. And obviously, this episode will be coming out post-inauguration. But I just heard yesterday that she, she'll be singing there. And I am just so excited for that. I think that's, like, the highlight of my 2021 so far. And it hasn't yeah, happened yet. So, so <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, so... I don't know if you're a big show binger, but if you are, what show are you binging right now? I have been binging the show called Search Party on HBO Max, and my comfort show switches. Sometimes it's The New Girl and with Zoe Deschanel. My favorite show of all time. Yeah, I love to put that on like when I'm like not ready to comprehend a new concept, like a new theme. Like when I just need comfort. Oh, I'm glad you said that. I no one (laughs) understands when I say that. Like if I just need something like that, I know I don't want any surprises. And the other one is shocking. Like as a, as a, I feel like as a gay people are like, you like that show, but I like love South Park, which is like, because it's all on HBO Max and people are like blown away that I like (laughs) love South Park. But again, it's the same thing. It's like, I watched it since like I was in, you know, since I was like in elementary school or whenever I was allowed to watch it. Yeah. And it, you know, so it's just like comfort. Like, I don't know what's going on in the show, but like, I know it's really offensive and bad, but like, it's pretty funny. And it's like something you can put on like late at night and just like entertains. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. My cousins are like, I had all boy cousins. So I was always like, whenever we'd go to their house, it was always like South Park or family guy. So like, I feel like I, I don't know, grow up, grew up with that, which is, you're right. So offensive. But I feel like now I'm like, I don't know. I'm like kind of a better person for it. If that sounds weird. <laughs> like the no, jokes, I, like I get the pop culture jokes that they say, like I get. And I'm like, man, I'm proud of myself for that. <laughs> it's such yeah. a guy thing. But yeah, I agree. Um, What? I know there's been obviously a lot of negatives from the pandemics. But, so what has been your favorite positive outcome of like, you know, COVID-19 and the quarantine and all of that stuff? I mean, well, obviously the 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 apparent answer was getting my bone marrow transplant the day the pandemic shut down on March 13th of 2020. Um, But aside from that, because that's like such a, you know, an obvious one, I would say just, just having the time to, for me, having the time to heal and to really like to be able to see a therapist and not have to worry about, you know, canceling an appointment to to go do a job. Because like, obviously, when you're a freelance makeup artist, you just have to take work when you get it. So mm-hmm. not having to worry about that. And of course, like, you know, right now I'm living with my parents because they've been my caretakers. And then 
they got stuck here because of the pandemic. Um, so having them here has been like, I don't have to, you know, I'm very fortunate. I don't have to worry about a lot of burdens that people mm-hmm. have to worry about. So being able to really just like heal and recover and like mentally heal has been really um, something that I don't think would have happened had the pandemic not been going on. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, I'm so glad to hear that. And also I am, um, you know, different situation, but I'm living with my parents too. And you're right. It is, you know, it is so nice. Like at, at any other time, I'd probably like get me the hell out of here, but it is so nice to have people around you that you love, um, during this time. So I think that's such a great one. Um, so my last one is very specifically for you. If you could do anyone in the world's like glam, who would it be? My own personal one would be like JLo, even though I'm not a makeup artist or like good at makeup, but like mine would be JLo. But like, who, what would yours be? Oh, mine is Britney Spears. A hundred and ten percent, like a thousand percent. People tag me in her posts all the time. Um, about being like, you need to help her with her eyeliner, which I do not engage in those comments because I do not agree with shaming her for anything that she wants to do because she has had a tough time. But I would love to be able to do her makeup, like the style that I like to do. And um, I feel like it would just be so fun. And obviously like I'm obsessed with her. So it would be like a little bit creepy of me because I would be like staring at her being like, is this real life? But it would be, I think I would get over that within like five to 10 minutes. And then I I feel like we would just vibe like, you know, and I Mm -hmm. would hopefully free Britney. So yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. You would be the one. I am just so glad you're just putting it out into the world. You know, like I'm just so big into manifesting. I've said this on so many of my episodes. Like I just want everyone to put their like crazy wild dreams out into the universe. And like, then, you know, I hope this happens. And in like three years, I'm like, Oh my God, Jared, remember when you said that on my podcast, like it (laughs) happened. So I just want everyone to like put things out into the world and like, you know, it helps. I totally agree in that like law of attraction or whatever. So anyway, I'm glad that you are putting that out there. Thank so, you. Yes. It has been such a pleasure to speak with you. Obviously, Jared, you're um, so great at what you do and you're just like such a fun person to talk to. I'm so glad that we connected. So um, thank you for your time. Oh my gosh. Thanks for having me. This has been so fun. I'm Alia Ballas, and you have been listening to Can't Hang. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you loved today's show, please subscribe and don't forget to leave a rating and a review. Visit canhang.simplecast.com to check out all the incredible people I've interviewed and who's coming soon. Much love goes out to all those who have been posting about Can't Hang on social. Please tag me in your posts at Can't Hang Pod, and please continue to send me suggestions of who you'd love to see in future episodes. I have an incredible lineup, but I'm always looking for people outside my bubble. Please tune in next Thursday and hang with me and my next guest. This show is produced by me, Alia Ballas, and the music was created by Quan. Thank you.